Deputy Sheriff Bryce Siegel thought about another Brenda as he steered his police cruiser toward Clearview. He was 31, college-educated, a self-described Bible Christian, and a former state trooper who'd chauffeured the colorful Governor Dixie Lee Ray for two years before joining the Sheriff's Department. Brenda Lee Jones had been stabbed 17 times on her way to Linwood High School, a short drive from the Gary neighborhood after she refused to enter a stranger's car. Like the tall, lean Siegel, she'd been a star athlete, clean-cut and popular. He'd worked the case and paid a price mentally. He had an unholy fear of becoming cynical and desensitized, of starting to think that everybody's an asshole or a puke. The Brenda Lee Jones killer had put him to the test. He hoped this new Brenda case would be different. But when he stepped into the log house, he felt the chill that always came over him when children turned up missing. The father was throwing down drinks, but behind his alcoholic facade, Siegel could tell that the tall, dark-haired man had an ex-deputy's instincts and smarts. Joe Geary believed that his daughter had been abducted by the bulky stranger and probably murdered. He kept running his hand through a springy head of graying black hair and repeating, I can't live with this. The cool blonde mother let her husband do the talking. When she was pressed for her own ideas, she insisted that her daughter was too precious to be murdered, and even if she'd been kidnapped, she was safe. Siegel didn't comment. It was often better to let people believe in their own denial, at least for a while. He borrowed the Gary's phone and talked to the Bonadors and Gordon Munson. Then he called headquarters and asked for search and rescue. As Siegel was walking out to his cruiser, Joe Geary caught up. He clutched the lawman's arm and said, Please, deputy, find my baby girl. I swear I'll never sleep or work till you do. Siegel closed his eyes hard. This was the part of his job that disturbed him the most. He'd gone toe-to-toe with dopers and murderers and never felt much fear or discomfort. But informing a mother that her daughter was dead in a traffic accident or a father that his only son had been killed in a drive-by, or dealing with a jaded ex-cop like Joe Geary who knew the odds against his daughter's survival as well as anyone and couldn't be jollied along. This, Siegel said to himself, is the worst. I'm sorry I got up this morning. He didn't tell the shaken father that he agreed with his professional diagnosis. Everything pointed to foul play, especially the missing comforter. What good would it be to a kidnapper except to carry an unconscious or dead body? Siegel made a practice of remaining detached, unemotional. But the Garys had shown him Brenda's picture. Braces, silly bangs, innocent smile. Such a sweet-looking child. He hoped they didn't show the picture to the sergeant on duty. Tom Zonka had just been promoted from the Detective Bureau and was on a personal crusade to jail every criminal in the Pacific Northwest. He'd already dispatched one with a single shot. The oversized cop looked tough enough to wrestle Sasquatches, but he had a weak spot for children. He had four of his own, and Bryce Siegel had two. Both were famous in the department for their softness toward kids. After Zonka ordered out search and rescue, he made a priority request for Deputy Stan Breda's report on the meandering giant in the off-white Toyota. As he read, the twenty-nine-year-old son of Polish immigrants felt sick. He'd overheard some of the radio chatter about the big stranger when he'd first come on duty at 3 p.m. At the time, he'd thought, nothing unusual.
The guy's just lost, or drunk, or high. Peculiar things happened in the back country of Snohomish County. But now a child was missing, and the events were too close in time and place. Sergeant Sonka lived a half mile from the Garys and had been preparing to drive home for dinner. He called his wife and said, Honey, I can't make it. It was the third time this week that he'd had to cancel. But Karen was a cop's wife and required no explanation. We got a problem right in our own backyard, he went on. This looks, this looks bad.